up, NBA fans? The trade deadline has come and gone. Sean, you and I, we were close to our phones, checking out the Woj tweets, you know, looking at our phones in the middle of meetings, in the middle of workflows, in the middle of conversations, <laughs> you know, just ignoring that and reading the latest tweets to see what's hey, don't, going don't on. Don't rob me out about work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, and for a second there, it seemed like not much was going down. And then all of a sudden, at the turn of the hour, the big trades that we kind of foresaw coming happened. And some of the ones that didn't uh, didn't happen and some surprises came along. We're talking about Andre Drummond getting shipped for basically chump change. <laughs> D. Russ reuniting in Minnesota. We knew that was on its way. The Miami Heat surprisingly also getting better. Andre Guadalla getting moved. Uh, le- trades left and right so breaking them all down for you guys this episode on the second stringers nba podcast but before we go into that trivia question back to the old format here uh sean the memphis grizzlies you know they're the surprise team right now holding on to the eighth seed and uh and they've gotten themselves a little bit better after this trade deadline um so there's here's the question for you who is the oldest player to play on the Memphis rest roster this year so far? I'm guessing Andre Iguodala doesn't count because he hasn't played, right? Yes, and that was, I guess, kind of the tricky thing <laughs> yeah, here on this yeah. question. Yeah, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> oh, that is a tough question, though. I'm going to go with Jay Crowder. Ding, ding, ding. That's yes. right. 29-year-old Jay Crowder. Which I think is fairly young for a team. Oh NBA yeah, team. The oldest guy on your team playing is twenty nine. That's definitely crazy. Yeah, I mean that's just how young this team has been, and just how crazy this Memphis Grizzlies organization has just quick quickly revamped its, itself. Gotten rid of Chandler Parsons. Gotten rid of, uh, not to say in a bad way, Marcus Saul, David Fizdale. And now Andre Iguodala, and unfortunately Jay Crowder was one of those guys out, and it seems like he was a locker room favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's an, a veteran that's out, and now this team is composed of a bunch of young younglings, but they're holding on to that 8 seed tight. Um, and I arguably think they've just gotten themselves a slightly better after this de- trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we can we can discuss it. I, I, I have my thoughts on this. Okay. Well, okay. Let's discuss that yeah. later. But first, let's just jump into the big one. I think right here, the Warriors trading D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, Jacob Evans for Andrew Wiggins, a top three protected pick in 2021, a first rounder, uh, a second rounder in 2021 as well. Uh, I know, Sean, you got your thoughts here. And <laughs> I mean, I, I've Minnesota pers- persistence wins sometimes. And here it is. They, they made it happen sooner than later. Uh, they got the they got the better player in this trade deal, I think, and the fact that they weren't they didn't have to actually give up their draft pick this year is huge. I think it's huge mm. for Minnesota, uh, and Warriors get some pieces to build their now uh, continued cap cap just absolutely capped out roster. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I think you're right on with the not losing their 2020 pick, despite that pick probably being the worst of the two if you're talking about between 2020 and 2021 a lot of people are saying this draft is one of the weaker ones in mm-hmm. recent history uh, projected at least you, you never know who's going to come out of the class but the 2021 pick um, could potentially be a really good one if the wolves suck again exactly. um, but i think they I think they are banking on uh, improving quite a bit now that they have d'angelo russell instead of andrew wiggins 
And despite them having the same contract, basically, like you said, Andrew Wiggins is by far the inferior player to D'Angelo Russell. And especially when you're talking about a team that has Carl Anthony Towns on it, not mm-hmm. only is D'Angelo Russell and him super close friends, but their games will complement each other, I think, a lot better um, than Wiggins and Towns did. And I, I just think that pairing was never going to work there. I mean, no matter how good Wiggins was going to play. I mean, Wiggins had a really good start to the season, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he's he been playing better than I, I think that he has ever in recent memory in his first few years in the league. But it was just they're never going to get over the hump. And sure, Carl Anthony Towns was hurt for a while, but he's back now and they're still losing. So they had to do this deal. And I know they wanted to get D'Angelo Russell um, in the offseason before he signed with the Warriors, but I think the cap space problems they were running into made that a problem. But now you can swap him for Andrew Wiggins and, the, and you take out um, that factor from the equation completely. And um, I think this is going to be a great long-term move, move for the Wolves. And for the Warriors, I think they're going to regret this mightily. Like, this this is such a downgrade for them. It's not worth the first-round pick in 2021 or even the second-round pick that they're getting there to, in my opinion, because Wiggins is a volume shooter. Yeah, You're, you're putting a volume shooter who is one of the worst-ranked defensive players in the last five years in the league. He, he's the worst by many different metrics of defensive rating. And you're pairing him with two other volume shooters in Steph and Clay. That's all he brings to the table. He's not bringing defense. He's not bringing efficiency. And can he even carve himself out a role as like the third option on a team? I don't know if he can do that. I don't, it hasn't been proven. So I don't know. I think this is going to end up being a disaster for them. I liked their chances of competing for a championship when D'Angelo Russell was still on the team for next year. Um, but now that they have Wiggins instead, I'm not as convinced. Yeah, and I mean, Steve Kerr said it himself that D-Russ was just not a good positional fit. And and I agree with that. And I think Andrew Wiggins is the inferior player here. Um, however, I guess he makes the better fit. But yeah, you're right. Nothing about him screams as like... The, he's not an Andre Iguodala replacement, however much the no. Warriors probably think they can make him. I guess the thing you're banking on here is sort of an optimism, is the fact that if you bring Andrew Wiggins and you put him in a first-class organization, you put him around all-stars, champions, that somehow you can still develop this 25-year-old. Because Andrew Wiggins, let's not forget, he's still young. He's having a good overall year, 22 points a game, 44% shooting, 33% from three. While they're not all individually career highs they are overall better numbers than what he's produced um in the past few years but honestly it almost seems right now at this moment like you you're basically um getting an overpaid harrison barnes uh at 28 million dollars a year 31 million dollars a year (laughs) next year and 33 million dollars a year the year after that uh, and I mean, your hope is you cross your fingers that after these three years, Andrew Wiggins does carve himself a decent role here, plays by the book, exactly what the Warriors need him to do. However, his past performance just doesn't suggest that he is that three and D guy, that guy who can knock down threes. However, I am going to say this at 25. I don't think it's I don't think I'm ready to say that he can't do that. So you described him as an overpaid Harrison Barnes. Yes. I would describe Harrison Barnes as an overpaid Harrison Barnes. (laughs) So what does that make Andrew Wiggins? (laughs) 
Oh, because you're saying because Andrew, I guess Harrison Barnes is getting paid close to those Harrison numbers. Harrison Barnes right? is overpaid. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. Wiggins absurdly overpaid, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I mean, I still think it's a better fit than D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is the better player at this point in time. Um, I think Wiggins is still the better fit. However, it at the end of the day, it does sting when you think back to. You know, if you knew that Kevin Durant was leaving and at the end of the day what you were going to get in return for that was Andrew Wiggins with without, you know, taking on with the same cap space being taken into your team. Um, I think that's tough to swallow. It almost seems like you'd rather just let maybe you just let Durant walk away and you just take that empty cap space instead of filling it up with one player. Mm, I don't know. I don't think they regret doing that trade because, I mean, they ended up getting a, a first-round pick out of it from Minnesota, which True. will likely be a lottery pick because I don't think D'Angelo Russell and Cat have enough firepower to put the Wolves into playoff contention quite yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Blazers are still – I think the Blazers are still the favorite for the eighth seed despite Memphis having it right now. But Memphis is on the rise. The Spurs never go away. Are the Wolves going to have enough between Russell and Towns – to make a run for this thing i don't know because none of these other western teams are going to drop off next year yeah i mean yeah, I'm, next I, year. I, I mean i'm sure the suns want to make an argument that they're getting better somehow right so it's yeah it, it's like if you're the warriors you're stoked because like if this pick ends up being number four or five for the wolves next year holy crap you just got a top five pick um for i guess getting d'angelo russell off the books which i'm like you're saying that he's not a good fit steve kerr is saying he's not a good fit I, I just don't think. don't think I don't think there's enough evidence. He played four <laughs> games with Steph Curry this year. Just four games. Yeah. Zero with Clay, obviously. And a lot without Draymond too. Like, I don't think there's enough data to say that he was not a good fit. Sure. I mean, maybe from a basketball standpoint. I wonder if there is something to be said in a locker room standpoint. I wonder if D'Angelo Russell just didn't really fit that culture that the Warriors are looking for, or he wasn't really that personality that they were looking for. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess to be fair, you're right. He only did play four games with Curry. But however, at the end of the day, I think we can, I thought it was going to, it seemed awkward. It seemed like it could have been awkward. And if you could have swapped him for another young player with some promise, why not go for it? And who could be a better positional fit? I mean, I still think it, this is awkward. I don't think yeah. Andrew Wiggins is is like a fit there. Like, like I said, we have no evidence to prove that he can be a third man. You know, just yeah. like we had no evidence to prove Kyle Kuzma could be a six man. Right. It almost seems like they should have made a run for Robert Covington. I'm sure they tried. They just <laughs> like that's a tough package to get through. I mean. Yeah. Look what look what the Rockets had to give up to get him. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I I am very intrigued by this trade. I feel like I don't have a final conclusion on it, like a final confident say of how I think this will end up, other than saying that I think to me it makes positional basketball sense. Mm. However, it does feel like the Warriors lost just because they gave up the better younger player to get another player who is getting paid just the same <laughs> and has let almost arguably less promise than the other 
I mean, it just seems like you're just trading bad cap for other for worser cap. But however, you do get the picks that could help round out your roster for years to come here. If you're seriously still thinking that this next decade or the next five the next five years can be uh, a, a, a year run that you can rely on Steph Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, and then whoever those draft picks end up becoming, maybe decent role players for you because the minimum player market continues to just be not quite the quality that you may want it to be sometimes. Yeah, and it seems like all of the buyout market is flocking to LA, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think those markets are getting so much more competitive that I think it makes sense to try to round out a championship tr- uh, roster with some of these first round, late first rounders or early second round picks. These guys that could end up become just dra- really solidifying a role for themselves there. I'm thinking yeah. like, a, you know, we just saw it like a guy like Dylan Brooks, you know, a guy who mm-hmm. d- gets picked late, but he isn't an all-star. He isn't a fringe all-star player, but he's just a decent dude off the bench and uh, who can carve out some good time for you. Right. Yeah. So I think as far as this year, it'll be fun to watch D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns try to claw this team out of their 13-game losing streak. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, going into next year, we'll, we'll just have to see if they can add any pieces um, to the team. I mean, well, let's go into this next trade here, Alan, where they it, they gutted the rest of their team uh, to participate in this four-team mega trade. Yeah, this is the big one. So... I think, and let's stick with the Wolves here because I think this is really the win for them. Is they, they get D'Angelo Russell, they get their guy, they get rid of Wiggins. Um, but not only that, they somehow managed to get rid of Gorgie Dang. Yeah. That just, I think is huge. They get <laughs> rid of huge. Robert Cov- Covington, which is a great player in my eyes. However, he just wasn't a fit there. And I don't think they really had good use for him. So, the Timberwolves have managed to restore their entire roster and just start over from scratch with the two players that they actually have always wanted, which is Towns and Ru- D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. However, on the other hand, some of these teams are just wild. Um, <laughs> I mean, just let's. I mean, you want to break this down for us? Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, so this fourteen trade, this is kind of what really got the wheels going on the trade deadline. This is where it all started. Got really exciting. The this was the one of the most complicated deals, I think, in recent NBA history as far as trades go. 12 players moving places total mm-hmm. in this trade. Uh, breaking it down by team, Houston ends up getting, I'd say, the big prize in all of this is Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, sought after by, God, it seems like half the league was trying to trade for this man at the trade it's, deadline. It's a great it, player. It's a, It just speaks to you about how crazy valuable three and d players are mm-hmm. and this, with this guy being arguably one of the best three and d players in the league everybody wanted him and he's not an all-star and he's not, not an all-star <laughs> not even close and he was so highly sought after by every contending team it was just it seemed out of control but houston ends up getting him i think probably one of the underdogs to acquire him. I thought, mm-hmm. I think a lot of other teams had a better chance, but are able to make this deal happen. They also end up picking up Jordan Bell, who they end up swapping for uh, Bruno Caboclo um, on the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, and the Hawks, and in, probably another interesting one here, they get Clint Capella out of this deal, and they also get Nene, who I think they waived. But 
Clint Capella um, to the Hawks, and they get their starting center that they've been looking for. Um, they were trying to go after Andre Drummond for a little bit. There have been talks that they were going after Steven Adams, but then, then they end up getting Clint Capella. I think all of those were kind of on their radars, pretty much the same player to them in their opinion. So um, pair him up with John Collins, and you got a pretty stacked front court there. Yeah, um, and I th- yeah. and I, th- I I was just going to say, I think ultimately that's how you get Robert Covington to move is you get you move Clint Capella. Yeah, well, that was their uh, only option, really. Yeah, uh, a double double machine. I mean, thirteen mm-hmm. and like thirteen. Uh, yeah, no, I know you're a little upset about that on your fantasy team, though. <laughs> yeah, I think it just drastically decreases his value from a fantasy standpoint when you paired up with John Collins, who's another rebounding machine. Yeah, but I mean, that's just the level of Robert Covington. Is like that's that's what it took to get him moved. Is uh, the return of or Clint Capella being included in this trade, and then the Wolves getting back a bunch of you know decent young players, but you know an opportunity to also get rid of uh, some contracts that they they just needed to get off their books. So it, it's 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 nuts to me to to look at the what the Rockets are doing for themselves. They don't. They get Robert Covington, great player, but they sacrifice so much almost for him, getting rid of basically their last decent piece when it comes to size and rebounding uh Mm -hmm. going all in on the small ball i mean they take down the lakers but now they get taken down badly by the suns tonight what what are we what's looking more like the rest of the season for the rockets that performance against the lakers or this performance against the suns i'm going to say with reservation their performance against the lakers Okay. Here's here's why I'm not as convinced that the Suns' performance is more indicative of how they're going to play. For one, it was a back-to-back. They had just played the Lakers last night, and that mm-hmm. was in Staples Center, high energy, had the feel of a playoff game in a way. That's going to take a lot out of you. And then you have to fly to Phoenix this, this, right. that same night and then play them. And Russell Westbrook wasn't even playing in the game. He took the, uh-huh. I think he's taking back-to-backs off. So... In my mind, I think the Rockets, what they're fi- like, what they're actually going to look like in the playoffs is how they looked against the Lakers because Russell Westbrook's not going to be taking nights off. They're not going to be playing in back-to-backs. They're going to have a day to rest, and they are overall, I mean, you could say relatively young, but overall mm-hmm. I'd say a pretty young team with Harden and Westbrook kind of being like the veterans there. Um, the other guys being like, I guess, I guess, I PJ Tucker, Tucker yeah. is the exception. PJ Tucker yeah. might might end up dead by the end of the season, <laughs> but the rest of the guys there got some gas in the tank. But they won't have any gas in the tank by the end of the playoffs. But I think that's their goal. Is they're yeah. just they're, all of these guys on on this team are willing to burn themselves out. Maybe by choice, maybe by not. I don't know. Maybe the coaching <laughs> staff is just giving them a death sentence. They have no choice. Yeah. Um, this is what they have to do, but they are all going to be dead by the end of the season, and they're either going to have a championship or they're all going to be like completely devastated next season and have nothing left to give. We might see PJ Tucker just literally poop his last <laughs> yeah. playoff game, just not even drop down dead, just poop. Yeah, he just disappears in the thin air. <laughs> that man, yeah. that man is a bulldog, and oh, I can't believe how long he holds on for, but. You're totally. You're, I mean, I think. I think the truth is always just somewhere in the middle, and that that was a crazy game. It seemed like the Lakers were pulling ahead, alley ooping all day long, but 
the lake, but the war, but the Rockets, their movement, their spacing, they got those open threes and knocked them down and took the Lakers mm-hmm. out there cl- to close the second half of the fourth quarter and ultimately put the game away. And you're right. I think that's what they're going to do night in and night out for the rest of the regular season. It's just a matter of let's see what it, what, how it, what that looks like in the playoffs. Right. Exactly. I mean, they have all the playoff experience too. I mean, this team has been there every, yeah. like every year, last four years. I mean, James Harden is is still as hungry as ever. Russell Westbrook still as hungry as ever. Like, yeah, this this move is so interesting, and it makes Houston arguably, I think, the most interesting team to watch in the NBA right now because they're they're yeah they're actually like bucking the system. They're actually playing a form of basketball that like no one's done since they were talking about like this Knicks team from the sixties. <laughs> yeah, the only reason is because there was the, it was just like, there's this big man shortage back in those days. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, like they have big men. I, I guess I don't even know if you count. I think Tyson Chandler is more of a cheerleader than a player at this point. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Hartenstein seems like a good young player, but they don't want to play him either. So right. it's like, they don't have to do this, but, that's what their analytics are telling them. I was watching this video by B-Ball Breakdown. He was actually um, breaking down a little bit of how Clint Capella trade actually makes sense for the Rockets. And it's because the Rockets have actually been better without him, um, even though it might look worse because it's like, oh, they don't have like a big man that's like good enough to replace him. Well, they were 10-1 and without him this year uh, before yeah. they made that trade. And the numbers for their offensive efficiency go way down when Clint Capella's in, and their defensive efficiency goes down a little bit when he isn't there, but not enough to offset the amount of offensive efficiency that they gain when he's not there, if mm. that makes sense. So what they gain in offense is a little more than what they lose in defense, and that's what they're willing to take a risk on. Is yeah, that that's interesting. Because more points. You would think it's on the defensive end and the, that they would lose by not having another big man in there uh, as a shot blocker, especially given Capella had, has had some good shot blocking games mm-hmm. this season as well. Yeah, um, they don't have any shot blockers. <laughs> literally, yeah, none. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's a couple plays where Davis just bullies P.J. Tucker out mm-hmm. of the paint. and But there's also some plays where P.J. Tucker bullied Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but I think where they also saw some offsets that they only lost the rebounding matchup to the Lakers by one rebound. That is surprising. You're right. And the that- reason is because I think that they, they've they understood, which, which we should have understood as well, is that their guards are some of the best rebounding guards in the league. And you're mm-hmm. talking about the triple-double machines in Westbrook and Harden. You're talking right. about a guy in Russell Westbrook that's averaged over 10 rebounds a game over the last few seasons. Harden, who's almost averaged the same. So they're not short on rebounds. Like, these guys know how to rebound. Okay. Okay, Sean. Okay. I hear you. Now, <laughs> after everything you said, okay. I'm a little convinced. Because I was not convinced about this. But now, you are. do you think this Rockets team can make the climb back to the third seed then? Uh, yes. Do, yeah, definitely. You think so? Yeah. I mean, they're, what, four they're, games out of it right now? Yeah. Three games out there. of it? They're still yeah. in there. Yeah, they can definitely make the climb. Um, I mean, it, it does depend on how much the Nuggets and Clippers lose also. Right. Um, like, they could end up just killing it the rest of the season. But I think that they will end up with at least the four seed. Um, the Jazz have been falling off quite a bit um, mm-hmm. over the last few weeks. So 
I could see them sneaking into the four seed there, at least having home court for one series, maybe two, depending on how the matchups go. But um, yeah, like they they will get themselves back up there um, as long as Russell Westbrook doesn't take off too many uh, back to backs. Okay, because they, gonna... they can't. They they need both of those guys. Like that's yeah. yeah they they can't live without one or the other. Okay, I'm gonna take you up on that then, Sean. I s- yeah. Don't I still think this is an overrated team? Mm. I thought that going into the year, and I'm still not gonna put them in a tier one, tier two, or maybe slightly tier two towards the end. I still don't think this is a team that's a third or fourth seed. Mm. Uh, so I'm gonna take you up on that then, Sean. Let's see. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'll, I'll take that bet with you. I'll take yeah. that just just for fun, if for nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so how bu- yeah, you want to list off the rest of what, how this trade went down? Yeah, let's list 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 off the rest of the names that got changed. So the Wolves get Malik Beasley, uh, Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, and the Nets first rounder via the Atlanta Hawks. The Nuggets get Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, Keita Bates deep, Shabiz Napier, and the Rockets first round pick. And then the Rockets then swap Jordan Bell for Bruno Caballo from uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. So interesting names here is the Nuggets willing to depart ways with Malik Beasley. Um, I guess it makes sense. They had too many redundant pieces there with uh, Gary Harris, uh, Will Barden, and Malik Beasley, and instead they get uh, Gerald Green and Noah Vonley there. Um, I don't know. It's not enough to really move the needle, but it gives them a little bit more players to experiment with, I guess. And then you got Michael Porter Jr., I think, also who was playing a similar role to Malik Beasley. Yeah, I think as far as the Nuggets go, where they won this trade for themselves is by getting the Rockets' first-round pick. Yeah. Um, not that it's going to be a great pick, but it's still a first-round pick. And they only had to trade away like the bottom of their bench for mm-hmm. someone else's basically bottom of their bench. So that's like a net, I'd say, even. Maybe slightly uh, out of their fit. Because I feel like Malik Beasley was the best piece like if you're talking about between the Wolves and the Nuggets, um, Malik Beasley is the best player out of all of those guys. Oh, um, yeah. Keita Bates-Giap is actually a very good defender, and I think they'll like having him on the team. I don't think the rest of them really give them much, but getting a first-round pick for basically swapping the bottom of your benches, I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, another another easy, cheap, uh, potential bench bench role player later on in the next couple of years as this team continues to mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I think that's a win right there. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the Nuggets are willing to take on projects too. Like, I mean, we might see Bulbul come out into action next year. Who knows who they'll pick with this pick? They might do the same strategy and just pick a a problem kid that has immense talent. Yeah, and then I think let's back, let's swing back to the Rockets with Bruno. A uh, cup of cup colo. This was a experiment product here that's been bouncing <laughs> around the league. The Brazilian, who at one point was coined the next Giannis here, Man. <laughs> Giannis. I don't know if that you know that's obviously not it even close to happening. Yet. <laughs> but the Rockets end up swapping for Jordan Bell for this guy. Jordan Bell, like you know, key role player for that Warriors team. Interesting. Do we? Do you think we actually see this guy at some point make an appearance for the Rockets? Oh man, I don't know. Then Tony's really stubborn about his rotations. I don't know, maybe he gets some playing time. It's so hard to say. I doubt he'll he'll make much of an impact. 
probably, yeah. probably more just for the potential that he does something really i don't know why the grizzlies even care to make this trade on their end either <laughs> it's <was> really weird <laughs> yeah i think he'll probably just end up in the g league and maybe in a year or two we actually see this guy's name again or maybe he's just one of those names that continues to get swapped around the league and if if, if you're gonna call someone brazilian giannis i really hope you give him the opportunity <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah what about, about um wait i want one more point on this do you think malik beasley can become like a starter level worthy player on the Timberwolves. Yes. 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 From from like starting this season? Starting this year? Mm, why not? Who else? Who is he competing against? Uh, I guess like Okogi, um Jared Colbert. Oh yeah, Okogi. Yeah, Jared Colbert. Uh, I, I mean, so like you're Those starting are some good pieces, I mean, yeah. You, you could argue you could start D'Angelo Russell Beasley and Culver, but then I guess you really only have to beat out Okogi. Mm-hmm. So I I, I think so. Malik Beasley's he's scrappy. He puts together some. He string together some. He's great an efficient games shooter too. Yeah, yeah. He's nice. He's a nice piece. I think even Denver was probably a little beaten up to to trade him away, but I just think they just have too many of the same players there with him, Barton, Karras, and Michael Porter Jr. I think he needed to go and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would not be – yeah, I think he could definitely be a, a starter or a nice piece off the bench for the Timberwolves. No, I, I, I'm glad you think that way because I just picked him up in fantasy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the thing here is there's some hey. – there's there's gonna there's some potential for big swings off coming off the waiver wire. But how about the, te- the three-team trade going down here in Miami? It was a little weird seeing that video from Andre Iguodala get posted even before this trade – ever became official (laughs) this whole thing just seemed really weird and i'm i feel like some people should be fine for what happened here but nonetheless andre guadala knew he was getting traded made an announcement posted a video before the official um pieces of this trade came out or before the trade was even official so Mm -hmm. it's just weird but the miami Heat, andre guadala jay crowder solomon hill memphis gets justin winslow gorgie dang Dion waiters and the wolves get james johnson here and automatically the heat extend andre to two years 30 million dollars with a team option for the second year that's good money for a for a for a 36 year old man yeah exactly (laughs) i was saying i had 36 on my mind and i was like is that right so i didn't say it but no that is right he's 36 (laughs) unreal man this is what you get for being the vice president of the c of the of the players union you know yeah this just doesn't seem real but here it is the miami heat all of a sudden i think get themselves slightly better here with andre godala and jay crowder i think solomon hill is also a decent piece so i think these are good enough players to win them a couple more playoff games here and maybe that's enough to really get them into the eastern conference finals and instead of going 5-1 i I would say against the bucks maybe they push this to six games and maybe get Mm. lucky and come out of the east Especially the way the 76ers are looking. I mean, oh, it God. seems like it's possible. Did you see what uh, Charles Barkley said about the uh, 76ers the other day? I did not. He called them the Cleveland Browns of the NBA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Immense talent, but totally misusing all of it. Oh, that's a blow. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's almost true. Um, I mean, what, what are your thoughts here, though? Back to the Miami Heat with Andre Goddard, Jay Crowder, Solomon yeah. Hill. So, 
it's what's interesting to me is that Andre Iguodala does get all the spotlight despite being a 36 year old man that is well past his prime. Mm-hmm. When, we've yet to see play basketball this year. Yeah, who we've yet to see play basketball this year probably won't even see a lot of court time because Miami is already a deep team as it is, mm-hmm. and they didn't really trade anyone to the Grizzlies that was a big significant part of their roster. But the real prize here, I think, for Miami is Jay Crowder, a -hmm. player that is in his prime, that was playing amazing basketball for the Grizzlies. (laughs) And the fact that Memphis was willing to throw Jay Crowder in (laughs) to this deal just to get rid of Andre Iguodala, I think is going to ultimately kill their playoff chances for this year. Interesting. This this single move ruined their playoff chances and maybe ruined their playoff chances for the next few years because Jay Crowder was a fantastic player for this Memphis team. He was really the glue that kept mm-hmm. them together. He's the 3 and D guy. He played tough. He's a guy you just don't want to go up against, you know. He he brings that tenacity and he just had that Memphis grit attitude. He fit yeah. in so well with this team and they th- just throw him in. <laughs> like as if as if he wasn't this important piece like i would be so pissed off if i was jaw or dylan brooks who was like mouthing off about andre Iguodala on social media and like yeah let's just get rid of him good riddance like if it took getting jay crowder off your roster to get rid of andre Iguodala, i wouldn't have done it i think this was a terrible trade for memphis justice winslow is super overrated i don't even think he's <laughs> overrated anymore i think he's just a bad player <laughs> Uh, Gorgie Dang, we've seen what happened with that in Timber with the Timberwolves. Dion yeah. Dion Waiters isn't going to be on this team for very long. Let's be real. <laughs> so they ended up getting nothing for Andre Iguodala, like not even a pick, and it, you're not even going to get a pick out of this. That's the only thing that would be of any value to Memphis, and all you did was lose one of your best players. I think this was a stupid trade for them. Yeah, I mean, now that you break it down, I mean, I don't want to say. I I think I think I think it makes I think getting rid of Andre Guadalla clears up some space, gets rid of a storyline in the locker room. But yes, Jay Crowder, it seemed that was a clue for this team, and then people mm-hmm. and he was well beloved by the players, John Morant and the other young guys. How much that affects them, I don't know. I'm not ready to say Jay Crowder is that key piece. However. The race is so tight that I guess at the end of the day, if they do somehow end out of the playoffs and you tie it back to one or two games, maybe you could pinpoint Jay Crowder could have made a difference here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, you get back uh, Dion Waiters, who's essentially almost kind of goes without mentioning, I guess. Corky Dang, good piece, overpaid, good Justice piece. Winslow. <laughs> He's okay. He's okay. Justice Winslow... There's potential there. Garbage. Only played 11 games, I think, this year so far. Completely inactive. So, yes, it does seem like at the surface level that this trade was solely made just to get rid of Andre Godala, whether that's a plus or a minus. I, I, I still sort of lean in a way that it's a plus just to kind of get rid of that baggage off off this Memphis roster locker room. And, um, and obviously the storylines as well just goes away. Ugh. I, if I'm Memphis, I don't care about the storyline. 
I don't care about Andre Iguodala doing. I don't think any of them should have cared. I think it was immature on them to even call it out. They're having a great season. Let's just talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're having. They are exceeding expectations above any what anyone expected them to do with the team that they had. And they had no reason to make this trade just to get rid of Andre Iguodala, especially if you're not getting any assets out of it. You're getting Gorgie Dang, not an asset. Dion Waiters, you're going to cut him. And Justice Winslow, not that much upside. So I don't understand why they made this trade at all. If you want to talk about drama, you remember Dion Waiters' drama at the <laughs> beginning of the season? You want this on your team instead? That's not an improvement. Okay. Okay, so let's see where you're at here then, Sean. So I said that I think I still see the Memphis Grizzlies finishing 8th seed a couple weeks ago, and I still stand by it. Where are you at on this? They're out. Yeah, they're out. They're out. Yeah, like I don't know if they'll end up 9, 10, 11. They're out. (laughs) I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's 9 or 10, so you are for sure they are not 8th, though. Yeah, they're not making playoffs. Okay, let's. I will hold yeah. you to that because I am still on this. I'm still on the side of this team. I think they still got some good pieces here, and I think that they're young and I think they're hungry. Um, maybe they're not Jake as Crowder would make as me Dame, bro. They're not <laughs> as hungry as Dame. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> That's true. So we'll see. We'll see. You got Portland. You got Memphis. Head to head, right here for the eight seed. The Spurs are finally out. I think they're, are they? They're not out. They're just falling behind a little bit. Can we count them <laughs> out? Can we ring the bell no, for them? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not the Spurs. Yeah, I'll tell you who you yet. could ring the bell for here. Is that's my boy Andre Drummond, three-time <laughs> rebound leader, on his way to fourth year. And gets disrespected. <laughs> Traded to Cleveland for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second round pick. Oh my yeah, god. The package for Andrew Wiggins was more than the package for Andre Drummond. No idea what's going on here. Drummond himself has no idea what's going on here. His tweet, there's one thing I learned about the NBA. There's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons. And to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more this is just a business. I love you, Detroit. I mean, Andre Drummond, Ugh. top five center in this league, I'd say. He's no all-star, but he's one of those guys who's a fringe all-star year in and year out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, three-time rebound leader, I said. This dude, I'm not sure if you could classify him as like the type of guy who could win a championship for you. Maybe he's not the franchise piece, but he's definitely a good piece for a good team. If around the right pieces, I think. But now he's going to a Cavalier team that's 13 and 39, pairing him alongside another disgruntled former All Star <laughs> in Kevin Love. And then you got three rookies handling the ball. Oh, boy. Oh, man. What's going on here, man? This has got to be one of the craziest <laughs> trades I've ever seen, the most lopsided trade I've ever seen. I've never seen a trade where both sides get an F. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they both got worse somehow. Like, usually when you trade, like one one team must have gotten something good out of it. This just seems like, what? How? Like, how can you want Andre Drummond if you're the Cavs? Like, he's not gonna stay there. Right. Like, what is he gonna do? Is he all he's gonna do is make it harder for you to get a top pick in the draft this year because he might win you a couple games. Yeah, you no chance at the playoffs. You have him and Tristan Thompson on the same team. Like, this is just a disaster. 
And it's like, sure, you got him for cheap. It's because you didn't need him. There's no reason to have Andre Drummond if you're Cleveland. And then if you're Detroit, man, how could you disrespect your franchise player more than trading him for Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second, not even a first round pick, a second round pick? Basically nothing. You traded him for nothing. Yeah, and it's not even disrespect to Andre Drummond per se, but it's disrespect to the fan base. Oh, yeah. yeah. This team's going to be garbage, man. Like, they still have Derrick Rose for some reason. Blake Griffin's out for <laughs> the rest of the year. So you're just going to get to watch Derrick Rose put up a couple good numbers against every team and just get destroyed night in, night out. You still have Reggie Jackson. You still got – yeah, you got two <laughs> point guards. Yeah. How's that, how's that for uh, team building right there? Mm-hmm. But – Man, it's like this is the best offer you could get for Andre Drummond. That can't be true. Like I don't know, maybe. I don't Who know knows? if like if the Hawks were all the only one putting in a bid for him and once they got Clint Capella, there was just nothing there for them. But then at that point it's like just let him play out the season, man. You didn't gain anything <laughs> from getting Andre Drummond to the Cavs. You got nothing. A second round pick? What are you, you going to do with a second round pick? You have, have someone score well on your G League team? I'll like, tell you that's... what you do. You draft a guy, Sean. That's what you do with yeah, the second round. You draft round. a guy and you put him in your G League team and he might never play for you. This like, feels that like... is the ultimately what's probable for a second round pick. Yeah, this feels like the type of thing that happens right before you're about to go into a meeting with your boss and you're like, God, I got to have something to report on. (laughs) And then the other guy's like, God, I got to also have something to report on. Hey, let's help each other out. Let's make this deal. (laughs) Unreal, dude. It's ridiculous. So does the needle move for anybody here? I'd say it it seems no. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like Detroit is not a better team. This is the worst trade in history. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, at least Kevin Love's got another pair. And um, it seems like the Cavaliers might just have the most. Are they going to try to resign him? Are they going to try to resign him? Is that their plan? Andre Drummond has a player option coming this year. He's going to opt out of it. He could either opt out or opt in. Yeah, it depends. He's opting out. He's out of there, man. You don't want to be in Cleveland if you're Andre Drummond. Yeah, you want so, to be on a contender. So that's interesting. I mean, so did you just? It, it almost feels like nothing. Like, why would you trade? Like, you're not salary dumping Knight or Henson. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Like, like I said, it's like the worst trade I've ever seen. There's got to be some under, maybe there's some under the table deal here that was also being, that was also made. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the 76ers make a trade as well. Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson, the third from the Warriors for three second rounders. Alec Burke, a guy who's averaging 16 points a game, 40% from three, 37% from three. I mean, a minimum paid player. Who's getting paid minimum for a reason. However, I always think, you know, it's best to judge the dude by what he's getting paid. And I think Alec Burke is over. He's playing a little slightly better than what his contract says. Sure, he's putting these numbers up on one of the worst teams in the NBA. However, for a team like the 76ers, I think he might be able to add some, some tiny amount of value here for them. Maybe a playoff game or two or maybe a couple regular season games. Maybe not a couple, but yeah. 
Yeah, Alec Burke's always been the guy that'll get you 30 one night and then just single digits for, like, the rest of the month. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's all that they need him to do, then that's great. I think Glenn Robinson the is actually a pretty decent pickup for them, too, as, like, a good defender, solid three-point shooter. Um, th- this is some needed depth uh, for the 76ers. They really needed more pieces to put around their starting lineup, and that, that was kind of the concern going into the year is, like, they lost J.J. Redick, uh, they lost TJ McConnell. Like these were really important guard positions for them that they don't have any depth in anymore because they went really big. Um, so now I think they're kind of backtracking a little bit by bringing in guys like Burks and Robinson that are good three point shooters. Give up some second rounders. These guys are basically second rounders, so you're, you're <laughs> cashing in now for what you could get later, and that that is what the 76ers are trying to do. They're trying to win now, so yeah. I think it was a good move for them. Yeah, exactly. They just need some sort of rejuvenation on their team from anywhere if it comes from these minimum deal dudes and let it be. But how about the Hawks going out there and getting their old man back, Dwayne Dedman <laughs> back from ridiculous. the Kings, <laughs> along with two second round picks and they, oh and they gosh. ship out Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn. The oh Atlanta Hawks gosh. just making deals for big men here, trying to find a centerpiece. A, a, literally a center player for, uh, Trey Young and the Kings get to reset their roster. Uh, they swap out Ariza earlier this year. Now they're swapping out Dwayne Deadman, some of their free agency <laughs> signings, and still they haven't found somebody to buy on Harrison Barnes, um, if that's what they want to do. But anyways, uh, Jabari Parker, man, another team. Another year, another no. team. Yeah, he's turning into quite the journeyman. But the, the reason this trade makes me happy is it's just the Kings seeing how terrible they did in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I finally got something right. Like I yeah. said, the Kings had the worst off season of everybody, <laughs> and they finally understand that. Like Ariza was a terrible fit for them. Deadman wanted out from day one, probably. <laughs> the only one they didn't get rid of was Corey Joseph, who I'm sure they could have moved. I don't think anyone would have even noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and you're totally right. You were calling it out from day one. I was kind of little. I'm always on the more optimistic side. I would say so. I was. I had high hopes for this Kings team, but. I was dead wrong and they make me look like a fool and now they're only, and now they're self-correcting their own mistakes. Can't get any more embarrassing than that. Yeah. I think it's funny too that the Hawks get Deadman back. (laughs) I mean, they just had him last year and they could have brought him back if they wanted to, but they let him walk and now they weren't because they weren't willing to pay him and now they're paying him exactly what he would have made with them. (laughs) It's like, what? Like what? (laughs) Yeah. At I guess least they got some second round picks out of it, but still, it's like, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Well, the Atlanta Hawks though have built themselves quite the little core now uh, with Capella and uh, the second round pick. So watch out. Maybe we'll see some noise being made from them next year. But let's yeah. go to the Clippers. Clippers here, oh, yeah. winning big one. Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris put together surprisingly some good games for the New York Knicks. And they get Isaiah Thomas in a three-team trade with the Knicks. Also getting uh, the Knicks who will get Mo Karklis from the Clippers, the 2021st Detroit 2023rd second rounder, and the Wizards get Jerome Robinson. Jerome Robinson's your guy, Sean, wasn't he? I Not really. No. I wanted Miles Bridges. No. <laughs> I was like, how did they not pick Miles Bridges? Um, in the, They had the 11th and the 13th pick. And they picked Shea first. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think Charlotte picked Bridges. So maybe there's a chance we wouldn't have had Shea if we picked Bridges. But I, I, w- 
I wasn't very happy with the Jerome Robinson pick. We could have Michael Porter Jr., man. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Jerome Robinson never really amounted to much, so that's that's whatever to us. Um, Isaiah Thomas, we're going to wave him, so that's whatever to us too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Marcus Morris, man, that – that was the big prize. I know um, this isn't just an addition for the Clippers. It's a tech, it's technically a subtraction from the Lakers too. So yeah, there was a big competition there. I know the Lakers weren't willing to include Kyle Kuzma in those trade talks, and that's ultimately why the Knicks decided to go with the Clippers. Um, which I applaud the Lakers for sticking to their guns and keeping their guy there. Um, but the Clippers getting Marcus Morris is huge because. When you're comparing him to basically, we're giving up our 2020 first round pick. We don't care. We're not trying to get rookies. We're trying to win in the next two years. Yeah. Marcus Morris compared to Mo Harkless is really what you have to do here. And better player all around, especially on the offensive end. Yeah. And just as far as toughness and tenacity, um, he's just going to give you a little more in every area than Mo Harkless did for us. And um, Mo Harkless is a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying he's crappy, but. Marcus Morris has shown, especially with this year on the Knicks, he's averaging career highs in points right now, and uh, he can show that he can score, and that's what we need. We need guys besides our superstars that can score Um, because you look at a box score of any typical Clippers game, it's like Paul George, 25, Kawhi Leonard, 30, Lou Williams, 20, Montrezl Harrell, 20, and then like the rest of them is like two for (laughs) Jermichael Green, four for Zubac, uh, four for Harkless. It's like, we can't have no one else scoring except for those four guys. Um, So I I do think Marcus Morris is going to give us a really important extra push there that we need. Yeah, it's a dangerous rotation there. Marcus Morris, Zubac, uh, Montrez Harrell, Jermichael Green. Mm -hmm. This, that's a stacked for four front court, four man front court rotation, and you look at the back court: Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, uh, Paul George, Kawhi. Wow, Landry Shamit, Landry Shamit. This is yeah, that's that's a nice nine man rotation right there. Exactly, you got these guys <laughs> plugged in for a couple of years, and you got you get these sec, you get these uh, second rounders. Um, I mean, I'm not sure if anything happens impactful, but maybe there's a chance you get something, another piece right there to fill in that fill in that depth. Uh, this is impressive, yeah. man. I this is impressive, <laughs> and it, it's hard to 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 say the the Lakers should have somehow uh, intercepted this trade and made the made got in Marcus Morris. But there's no way they do that without giving up Kyle Kuzma and giving up. Danny Green would have also been just too much. Oh, yeah. Danny Green was part of that, too. Yeah. Both of those guys, yeah, that's a pretty steep price. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Lakers just have nobody else to offer. I mean, there's nobody who matches up <laughs> salary wise and nobody else who's decent enough to include in the package, whether. So it's just Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma. And I think you just got to stick up, stick with your guns, like you said, Sean, and stick with Kyle Kuzma. And, and we'll see you in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll see what happens. This is, it's interesting because the Clippers are already 2-0 on the Lakers on the regular season. And if this gives us another extra boost, then that's going to be really scary for you, man. I know I know, we were talking about last time where it would be really poetic if the Lakers win the championship, but it just got that much harder. Exactly. And this is a tough front court. I mean, it goes hand in person to person. It matches up. But once the depth conversation starts coming in, you bring in Rondo, you bring in our our bench pieces KCP and, and there's oh this is just bench to bench it's easily the clippers uh yeah. advantage every time uh so ultimately though we'll we'll see how the games play out 
However, that's a oh, that's man. a dangerous piece. This is exciting, man. The Clippers have never been this good before. Can yeah. we actually win a title? It's kind yeah, it's... of unreal to think about. Yeah. So let's go through our quick thoughts here quickly. So we got the All-Star game. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. LeBron with um, with a couple key pl- pieces here. Uh, you got uh, Kawhi, Luka Doncic, Harden, Damian Leonard, Ben Simmons, Jokic, Tatum, Chris Paul, Westbrook, and Sabonis, and Anthony Davis, Giannis, Embiid, <laughs> Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam, Gobert, Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Ingram, and Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Team Giannis taking the pair of Utah Jazz, uh, Siakam, Kemba, and Team LeBron featuring Harden, uh, Chris, his buddy Chris Paul, and of course his teammate Anthony Davis. Who are you taking here, Sean? Team LeBron's team is so much better. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, so Anthony Davis, I think, was the best player of the starters, and Damian Lillard was the best player of the reserves, and LeBron got both of them. Because Giannis was obligated to pick Chris Middleton with his first pick of the reserves. Like, that's so brutal. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it is funny, too, that um, both LeBron and Giannis, uh, for the starters at least, only picked guys from their own conference. Hmm. Like, Giannis picked all the East starters and LeBron picked all the West starters. I guess it's just the guys you play against the most, right? Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it was a conscious thing, but it seems like if yeah. it was bias, it makes sense that you would I think pick there's the a little dudes. bit of bias there. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have um, to, I'd have mm-hmm. to say. However, I guess something to call out. Giannis has the good defensive front court here with Bam and Gobert. No one plays defense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one plays defense. I don't, I don't care what kind of format the all-star game's in. No one's trying that hard. Uh, so I think you just needed guys that can put the ball in the bucket easily. Mm-hmm. That's that's LeBron, Davis, Kawhi, Harden, Lillard, uh, Jason Tatum, CP3, Westbrook. Like don't all those guys just put it in the bucket easily. Yeah, and don't sleep on Jokic. It's number course, one center Jokic. in the league. Yeah, number one center in the league. Yep, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, man. The last I mean, MB, month and MB a half. might have something to say about that, but um, – yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, Jokic is <laughs> Jokic is finally back to where he was. I know we were a little worried um, in the first half of the season for him, but he's he's finally caught his stride. He's he's lost a few pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. Let's go. Big yeah. deal. Big deal or forgetful. Memphis agrees to three year thirty five million dollar extension with Dylan Brooks, a longtime Memphis Grizzly here, uh, former latest early second round pick. What do you think, Sean? Big deal or forgetful here? Uh, a big deal. Like this, this kid's bald for this team. You know, mm-hmm. helped them overperform to the point where it's like, I, like Dylan Brooks was on nobody's radar going yeah. into this season, and he's actually turned himself into a really nice role player. Got the money he deserves. Um, really has pride in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's calling out Andre Iguodala for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like let's just trade this man, get him out of here. Um, I think I think he's got a lot of pride in his team, and seems like they're willing to return the favor. Yeah, I like Dylan Brooks. Uh, second round pick, 24 years old, averaging great career numbers across the board at 16 mm-hmm. points a game, uh, at 42% shooting. And I don't see anything wrong with this dude getting paid. How about Chandler yeah. Parsons waived by the Hawks to make space for that four team trade they made? Chandler Parsons is just, uh, completely seeing the decline of his NBA career, injuries, car accident, and now getting yeah. traded, then waived. Big deal of forgetful here. 
it's forgetful, but I I feel like us diehard NBA fans will always remember the debacle that was Chandler Parsons, <laughs> um, his rise and fall, which his fall happened very quickly after his rise. Exactly, <laughs> but, and, and yeah, he got money though. That's a that's a big thing. Like I don't feel bad for him. He got his money. He did get his money, guaranteed money. Brought down a franchise, arguably, in the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, that might have been right there, the shot in the foot for that mm-hmm. team. They just were handicapped to put pieces. They were just handicapped in terms of putting pieces around Conley and Gasol with that huge salary <laughs> from Parsons. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, and also, did we get the NBA photo of the decade here with LeBron's win? Have you seen this photo, Sean? Yes. Yeah. Is the this the big deal or same... is this forgetful? Yes. It's a. It's awesome, dude. It's just more... <laughs> Like just just to continue off the Kobe podcast we did last week, it's just more like signs that Kobe's still in the game, you know? Yeah. Like the same exact windmill dunk. Like I don't think was it exactly nineteen years before. I don't like, no, I don't think so. That would be crazy. Yeah. That would be too. I, I think it was, it was nineteen years ago. Like this very similar, like almost identical. Like you, you could carbon copy it, and Kobe and LeBron's dunks look exactly the same. It's in the same building. It it was beautiful. It was just awesome. Yeah, I I, I love the picture, the wide angle lens, the Laker banner in the back, the lining. Mm-hmm. Is it a picture of the decade? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Possibly. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I agree there. Um, so mm-hmm. how about the Kings? Four and two since Buddy Hill got sent to the bench for Bogdan Bogdanovic. Is this a big deal or forgetful year for Mr. Hill? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I am, I do think that Buddy Hill does make a good six man. I think, I think he can fill that role really well. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that they're gonna make a run for the playoffs now? No. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess ultimately forgetful, but maybe maybe if that's something they continue doing into next season, I, I could see it being the case where you could make a big deal out of it. Yeah, I think so. Forgetful here. I think it's also small sample size. Half the games, I guess it's okay. So four and two, that's okay. Yeah, four and two. If four and two is good, I mean, let, let, let me let me see who they're who are they're playing though. Um, let's go to their schedule really quick. Because that obviously is the most important thing. Is like, were you actually playing good people or just... All right, so they got a win over the Clippers. That's a good win. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat my uh, Miami. That's a good win, too. Um, that just happened today. Those uh, are great a couple wins. wins. And then a couple wins over Minnesota. They lose to OKC and Lakers. Yeah, I'd say so far, so good. Mm, maybe Luke Walton I think, is finally <laughs> doing some coaching here. Maybe. Let's let's also consider though that maybe De'Aaron Fox is just balling out, finally getting into shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible finally. as well. Yeah. How about Kyle Kuzma? Still a Laker? Is this a big, big deal, deal or forgetful? Big deal, man. That was so crazy, man. How many times this man's almost got traded in his like three year career? <laughs> yes, that's true. I you know what you know what's even more of a big deal than Kuzma though. I'll let you go back to Kuzma after this. And is Cantor remaining a Celtic? <laughs> Did you see that video of him like watching the clock 
No, uh, I tick, didn't. Tick. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he had a video of, of him watching the clock tick up to 3 p.m. And then when it hits 3 p.m., he just like starts celebrating in the practice facility. <laughs> <laughs> just like he like goes and lays down in the Celtics logo in the middle of the court. It was really oh, funny. Oh my gosh! Stay real, <laughs> man. Keeping it real, and it's cancer. I mean, it's true. They had a glaring hole. They still do in terms of center position on that Boston Celtics team. And they haven't figured it out. And maybe, I mean, if Ennis Cantor thinks he could do it, all, all power to him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. About any, anything else about Kuzma? Ah, uh, no. I think it's, I personally think it's forgetful. I mean, I didn't think he was okay. actually going to get moved. It seems like he's just beloved. And it's, it seems, seems like it, to give up a piece like Kuzma, cheap, young, cute, big, some upside, seems like too much to give up. Right. Yeah. Which, like, they weren't going to try to do that with Marcus Morris, especially if it was Kuzma plus something. Yeah, exactly. And the Lakers just – the way the roster is constructed, the math is just difficult to to mm-hmm. make it add up. So let's, yeah. go to, let's go to rising teams. Quietly here, the Toronto Raptors on a 13-game winning streak. Got all their Oof. all their healthy pieces intact. Fred Van Fleet continues doing what he does. Kyle Lowry – all-star season, Serge Ibaka, uh, Marcus all doing what he does off the bench. Uh, this is, this is just, uh, this team just deserves a round of applause, I think, for what they've yeah. done up to this point. It's so crazy. Like, this is what small market teams do. Like, if you go on a 13 game winning streak, it's a quiet winning yeah. streak. Like, how do you quietly go on a 13 game winning streak? It's just absurd to me. Like this, this has to be the best winning streak of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think any teams won 13 games in a row. The Raptors just did it, and Siakam wasn't there for all of it. Van Fleet wasn't there for all of it. I don't think Lowry was there for all. I think he might have missed a few games in there, but they still found ways to win. And Norman Powell's been out uh, indefinitely now with a fractured ring finger um, for the last few games, and they're still winning. Like they just next man up. Seems to work perfectly for them. It's like they didn't even miss a beat. Um, Ibaka and Lowry playing great um, in the month of January and even better in February. Um, 17 points, 8 rebounds on average for Ibaka in January with 45% three-point shooting for Ibaka, which that's pretty amazing. And then Lowry is 17-4-7, just steady all-star type production there from him. And, man, like, they only have two opponents for the rest of February that are over 500, and that's the Pacers and the Bucks. Let's so keep it going. If they <laughs> if they beat those teams and they just beat all up on all those sub 500 teams, they should easily beat. You might we might find themselves on a 20 game win streak by the end of all this. Like, oh my gosh, man! But the sad thing is, they've been on a 13 game winning streak, and you know how many games they're still behind the Bucks. <laughs> There's still uh, seven, seven games, seven games, seven games behind the Bucks. Wow! For the first seed, going on a ridiculous win streak like that. That's why it's like let's just go to the playoffs. Right? Let's just go to the playoffs at this point. I mean, <laughs> what else needs to be said? These are the top teams here in the East. I guess Boston still has something to be said. You know, the 76ers are yeah, still hoping they can turn a little yeah. bit around here, get themselves a better shot. So how about yeah, Boston? We, yeah. Boston, six-game winning six streak. Six-game winning streak. I, I literally have nothing on them. They're just playing really well. <laughs> Jalen Brown's angry, man. He got snubbed Jaylen off Brown. that all-star team. Jason yep. Tatum is an all-star. Six-game winning streak, though, for the Boston Celtics. They're coming. They're coming. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been good the whole year. Um, and they, they pretty much stood pat at the trade. I don't think they'd made a single move, right? No, no moves made yeah. for them. And it seems like sometimes we just swap teams from rising teams to sinking teams. And this is it. The Utah Jazz. It seems like not that long yeah. ago they were a rising team. Five-game no. losing streak here. Tough streak for them. Uh, not only the five-game losing streak, but they've actually lost a couple of their last 10 games here. The last 10 record being, oh, five and five, 500 team, but still just, they get that win tonight, but, uh, it's been a tough stretch for them here at the, the second half of January on and onwards. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are some important games too. They had two games against the Nuggets, which that's really vital for seeding and they lost both of them. Um, and then you, you lose a few tough ones to the Blazers and the Spurs who are both trying to fight to get back into the playoff seeding. And then you lose to the Rockets too. So I mean, there's some tough competition they're going up against. But um, for for a team that's as high seeded as them to go on a five game losing streak is just unacceptable. Yeah. Um, to, for for a tier one team like we labeled them before mm-hmm. they went on this losing streak, so they're really they're really doing us dirty right now. Um, falling three games behind Denver for the three seed. Um, all very close to falling behind the Rockets. They got that win tonight against the Blazers. The Jazz did, so they're able to maintain that lead on the Rockets and the Mavs. But they're closer to them than they are to Denver at this point. And so now it's like, man, did we pull the trigger too soon on calling them a Tier 1 team? Yeah, all these teams here trying to make us look like fools. <laughs> they all <laughs> are, man. That's the fun. So I'll, yeah. I'll, let them, I'll let them allow it. I mean, I think Memphis, uh, Utah can still hold on. I still am not the believer in the Rockets, so I don't think the Rockets should jump them. We'll see how it goes. Another sinking team is the Dallas Mavericks. Lost four of six, and now they're seventh in the conference. I mean, they started off hot, but Luka Doncic keeps coming in and out of the lineup with ankle sprains, and yet again, he's got another one of those. Uh, and Porzingis, I mean, he's holding down the fort as much as he could. But Dallas is also another team that didn't quite make all the a lot of moves in the trade deadline. That as I, I as it seemed like it could have, like it seemed like they were a candidate to make some strong moves. Yeah, I mean, I think the only move they made was getting Will Cauley Stein from the Warriors mm, for like yeah. a second round pick. Which I mean, that's something. It's definitely a need they had after losing. Um, was it Maxi Kleber for the rest of the season? Uh, Dwight Powell. Oh, it's Dwight Powell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they lost, yeah they lose Dwight Powell, so they they try to replace him with Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, um, but yeah, no nothing really significant, and th- like it just shows how much Luca needs to be in the top three MVP conversation because like right when he goes out, team falls they just off. got nothing. Yeah, yeah, team can't hold on. Yeah, so like Luca is this team? Like he needs to come back from these sprains, or else they, <laughs> they might even fall even farther. Although they have a pretty large cushion. Um, for that seventh seed in the conference, I think that, that there's not going to be any chance that the Grizzlies or the Blazers end up passing them five five game lead over Memphis right now. So they might just find themselves stuck in the seventh seed though, which means you're going up against the Clippers in the first round. Yeah, that's not where you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> How about best best performances? Damian Lanner, take your pick right here. <laughs> Wednesday, yeah. thirty six points, ten rebounds, eleven assists on eleven for twenty one. Then Friday, 48 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 17 for 30. Saturday, 51 points, 12 assists, 17 for 29. This man's trying to make it happen. He's trying to make it happen for this Portland team right now. And this is why I'm saying the Grizzlies are not making the playoffs, man. 
They're... Damian Lillard is going to will. He's going <laughs> to drag the Portland Trail Blazers into the playoffs, despite Carmelo Anthony, despite Hassan Whiteside, keeping them in the hunt. Only a couple games back at the Grizzlies. Lost a pretty brutal game against the Jazz tonight. That would have been a really big one for them to mm-hmm. win. But, man, when Damian Lillard's playing like this, it's just a thing of beauty. It, remi- it reminds you of what he's capable of. I mean, he had a 60-burger in there uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Th- this is just a ridiculous stretch of games right here from Wednesday to Saturday um, last week. Like, And this Friday to Saturday went back-to-back. It's like he went 48 points Friday and then 51 Saturday. That's yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> Trying to win some games here for this for the Portland fan base. And Joel Kick putting himself on notice. Number one center. Back to number one center in the league, I think, mm-hmm. here. 31, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, a triple-double, one turnover, 14 for 24. Uh Nikola Jokic, this is these are the numbers I was expecting to see out of this man in terms of like cementing himself in the MVP conversation. I mean, that MVP is probably long gone, but still, like, yeah. <laughs> working his way possibly into the power rankings. Yeah, I mean, and if he can continue, like, not at this pace, obviously, but, like, be that guy that he was last year, or maybe even a little more improved, he could find himself on a all-NBA first team yeah. um, at that center position for sure. But, yeah, this is, this is a crazy triple-double, too. A 30-20-10. <laughs> Like, holy crap. That's Shaquille O'Neal numbers. Not even Shaq could do the Shaq wasn't doing the triple doubles. Yeah, Shaq doesn't get, yeah, he doesn't get 10 assists. Yeah. (laughs) How about these other two dudes you have here, Sean? I have never heard of these guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) let let me see if you can even guess which team they're on. I mean, we obviously know Dame and Nicola, but these other two guys, lesser known guys who had very good performances this week. Let's start with Terrence Davis. Uh, Is Is he an Orlando Magic guy? And I think you're thinking of Terrence Ross, and it's not him. <laughs> Do you Another guess? Knicks? No, not the Knicks. No idea. This is a Toronto Raptor. Ah, uh, yes, one of those one of those next men up guys mm-hmm. um, filling in for those injuries. There, 28 minutes, he gets 31 points and four rebounds on six of seven three point shooting off the bench, um, and that Raptors win over the Bulls earlier this week. Terrence Davis. <laughs> Who's this other dude though? This this, this guy Firkin Corkmaz. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this dude Who, from? What? Yeah, give, let me let, let's take a. I'll give you one stab at it. Okay, I'm gonna say. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna go Milwaukee or something. Yeah, Milwaukee. Uh, you're on the right track, but he's actually a 76er. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard this man's name. <laughs> Firkin Corkmaz, man. Better, better not sleep on him anymore because he's just been 29 minutes put up 13 to 17 shooting with 34 points, six rebounds, four assists, and a win over the Grizzlies tonight. My God, is this a dude I should have on my fantasy team now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fantasy points. Yeah, who are these guys? And... I wouldn't suggest putting them on your fantasy team, though. Yeah. They're... They they can contribute, just not this consistently. God, and let's talk about worst performances. Oh, oh as man. always, the podcast favorite, Gary Harris, 38 minutes, <laughs> 0 for 13, 5 points and 3 turnovers. Despite his poor performance, the Denver Nuggets steal out a win against the Utah Jazz. Big win there for them. Yeah, I mean, that, this is the same game Nicola went 30-20-10. There you go. <laughs> Gary that- Harris was just chucking up a bunch of bricks. Yeah, get out of the way, Harris. Minutes. He didn't make a single basket in 38 minutes. <laughs> Get out of the way and let the big man run the show. A, 
He's been in a slump recently, hasn't he? He's just not having a good year. He had a great year last year, and the year before that was even better. I think he's just like he's he had some injury problems at the beginning of the year, and he just hasn't been able to get back in the swing of things. I think maybe moving Malik Beasley away from the team will help hopefully get him back on track as more minutes go come his way. We'll you see. Have 38 minutes. How many more minutes do you need? That's true. That's true. Maybe you need a couple more 38-minute games. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about Eric Gordon? 31 minutes, 6 for 22, 0 for 12 in the three-point line to finish with Oof. 16 points and five fouls in the game against the Charlotte Hornets. 0 for 12, man. You got to shoot. Live or die by yeah, the yeah. three. Shooter, shooter shoot, man. He's not phased by what happened to them in game seven against the Warriors a few years ago. Exactly. He's still chucking them up just as always. Yeah, just – Chuck them up, cross your fingers, and hope it goes in. <laughs> so final thoughts oh, to close out the podcast. we got to talk about the trade deadline just happening here and wrapping up. The biggest winner here, Sean, this is my biggest winner. And I, if you have a different one, feel free to disagree. For my biggest winner is Andre Godala. Because Andre Godala just proved that you can live where you want, get paid, and then finally play for a championship contender without having to play a single basketball a minute yeah totally rewrote the rules here (laughs) it just speaks to how much a finals mvp and winning championships gets you you know exactly you didn't have to be the main contributor like you just have to have been on a playoff to a championship team and now you're very highly valued look at patrick mccaw (laughs) he shouldn't be getting nba contracts but he does because he (laughs) won a championship with the warriors that's andre aguadala but times 10 (laughs) (laughs) exactly i mean not only does he get he got an extension, he right? Got, yeah, two, yeah, two year, thirty million extension. Which, granted, he gets a team option for the second year, so the Heat don't have to keep him, but they could. <laughs> but that's still an extra fifteen million. Andre Iguodala is going to make it thirty seven years old at the very least, right? And um, crazy. And I I do agree with you. This is the biggest winner of the trade deadline. <laughs> I got what he want the way he wanted it, and it's not Insane. even because of what he got from this day moving forward, but what he got from this look from this day looking backwards. Where I don't think mm-hmm. this man spent a single day in memphis like he was in (laughs) california this whole time (laughs) this whole time yeah he wasn't even there it's like he wasn't even on the team exactly how about the biggest loser here's my biggest loser tristan thompson tristan thompson (laughs) does not get moved loses his starting job and continues to and loses minutes so he will not continue to garner himself some value as he hits free agency next year. He does collect his paycheck, but now he's part of a very crowded front court in Cleveland who's going nowhere and is the second worst team in the NBA. Yeah, that that yeah, that's <laughs> such a great perspective. Yeah. Tristan Thompson just got screwed. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's gonna get moved to the bench. What's he gonna do off of the bench? Tristan Thompson, man. Oh man, that's brutal. Yeah, I think I think as a secondary loser, the Memphis Grizzlies, <laughs> in my opinion, I felt very strongly about that. But wow, I do think Tristan Thompson definitely lost the most individually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even just Drummond, but Larry Nance Jr. is still on that team as well. He's playing well. Exactly. He's up stats, man. So now you got two of these dudes off the bench. You got to decide between Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance, and I mean, if you go small ball lineups, Kevin Love. Yeah, they don't need Tristan Thompson anymore. Exactly. I can't believe they didn't move him. (laughs) Why is he still there? I have no idea. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. That's our breakdown for the NBA trade deadline. 
Don't forget to check us in week in and week out here. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, available everywhere. The NBA Second Stringers, uh, NBA Podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.